speak with the delivery crew. Today we are here to talk about some ghost stories. We celebrating Halloween, bitches! Halloween, baby! And to pay rituals to Halloween, I think we should start out this episode with a little history of Halloween. What do you guys think? Oh man, boy howdy, do I love history. Inform us, Professor Ty. Alright, let me open up this book of cobwebs and spiders. You know, it's it's bound with flesh and eyeballs at the front. And it begins with the word Halloween. It came from the word, it, it came from the root meaning Hall Allows Eve, which means a hallowed evening. And hundreds of years ago, people dressed up as saints and went door to door, which is the origin of the costumes and the trick-or-treating aspect of it. And it was previously known to uh, be celebrated by early Europeans uh, as Hall Allows Eve. And the original date for them was October 31st. And then All Saints Day, which is November 1st. And both paid homage to saints. Hallows are the saints. God bless Drew Brees. Mm. Some would say the opposite. <laughs> the name was eventually shortened to Halloween, which we all know and love to this day. Up until the 7th century, All Hallows Eve fell actually on May 13th, however. Perhaps in an attempt to offset the occasion, occasion with religious celebration, Pope Boniface IV, you know, perfect name to change Halloween. Sounds like a made-up horror movie name. Ultimately, Did you say Boniface? Boniface. It's B-O-I-N-I. I, I believe it's pronounced Boniface. Oh, yeah. I, I look, that's why I looked at you all crazy. I was like, I know this is supposed to be scary, but Boniface really yeah. <laughs> There goes my <laughs> He ultimately made the call to change the observance to his current November 1st date. Halloween now falls on October 31st because the ancient Gaelic festival of Samhain. I could be butchering that pronunciation as well. You said it's Gaelic? Yeah. Where's it at? Point it out. Ancient Gaelic festival of Samhain. 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 That sounds like a country singer. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) For the record, uh, he's reading off his notes. (laughs) It's <laughs> not on the record. <laughs> it's actually an old ancient book that we dug out. It's of bound by flesh. It's bound by flesh. To be fair, he and wrote in Boner blood. blood. <laughs> <laughs> but All it right. still notes. <laughs> Back to the history. And it's considered to be the earliest known roots of Halloween that and the festivals occurred on this day. And it marked a pivotal time of the year when seasons changed, but more importantly, observers also believe the boundary between, between this world and the next became especially thin, and it was like a door opened up to all the ghastly, ghostly, spiritual beings on the other side. And zombies. And it enabled them to connect with the dead. And many cultures share this belief. It connects all the way to the Day of the Dead in Mexico, mm-hmm. to... Um, I mean, all I mean, you go look at like circuses thing. too. They have like almost every circus or act will have like their haunted night. Mm-hmm. If crazy I'm not mistaken, the Chinese have like a ghost festival, and they all have one underlying background that the spirits are among us. Ooh. There's one imposter. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there there could be no telling how many imposters because you know just because their spirits don't make them bad, but there are some evil. Yeah, my grandma was a great person. <laughs> <laughs> But while there isn't a lot of detail known Just about the these celebrations, the many believe the Celts celebrated in costume and as a disguise against ghosts would take ghostly features so that way they could walk amongst the dead and the spiritual so they would be untouched or unscathed. And uh, a lot of tools were made to throw off what they thought would fend off from the witches, the vampires, things of that nature. You had jack-o'-lanterns which were formed to fend off from the witches once they see the scary face. They're like, ah! I like to think, think of like a ghost pulling up to a house. Like, all right, I'm about to haunt the shit out of this thing. And there's a carved pumpkin with a candle inside it. They're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, it's, it's like, like the garden gnome. Couldn't be me. It's like trick-or-treat, man. When that weird kid comes and he sees you, blows out that candle, whew, you do not, you do never, ever want to put out the jack-o'-lantern early Done before Christmas. I mean, Christmas. Before Halloween <laughs> over with. All right. But over time, as Christianity took over 
and the pagan undertones of the holiday were lessened. The basic traditions of the holiday remained a part of pop culture every year. They simply evolved and modernized. Leave yeah, it to America to take a, <laughs> Leave it to America to take a holiday like that and be like free candy, bitches. Yeah, leave it to the parents <laughs> to not educate the kids on the history, and now it's like, yeah, woo, I'm getting fat. <laughs> Dude. Diabetes. Dude. I, bet De- I bet dentists were the one that put them on. They were like, you should really eat all this candy like in this time. Well, they span. used to do like homemade treats. My mom like would go around and they'd give out literally like homemade popcorn balls in, in the neighborhood and like different different like homemade baked goods. And they would put candies. razor blades in that shit. Yeah, and then people start with check your candy. Yeah, check your candy. There could be boosie tickets in there. You don't want those in your kids. Ooh. I mean. That's why Nickelback. Nickelback out. <laughs> and a fucking Milky Way. Too. They could be Falcons tickets. <laughs> oh. Or you could be like Rip. my father was and pretend like he was going to protect the candy and then eat all the chocolate. I could see your tattoo in that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then Bobby for Apples, for example, became popular as a fortune telling game on Hall Allows Eve. And the apples uh, select would be selected to represent all of a woman's suitors, and the guy, wait, and the guy would be what the fuck? Okay, apparently, I, did you not read these beforehand? I did not. I, you know, it had to be as part of the mystery aspect. On the record. <laughs> On the record. What is this? Apparently, like that is. <coughs> Bobbing for apples, for example, became popular as a fortune-telling game on All Hallows Eve. Apples would be selected to represent all of a woman's suitors and the guyer. The suitor guyer, I guess. I think it's a just a verbiage thing. I don't know. Um, guyer apple. Oh, oh, oh! It's guy or apple. <laughs> They're talking about her bite. It was a little cheeky joke. I see what's happening. Yeah. Yep. And the guy, or Apple, she ended up biting into would supposedly represent her future husband. These jokes are the real horror story. Jesus. Yeah. What what we've established here is the real horror is illiteracy. Stay in school. (laughs) (laughs) Illiteracy is a problem. Please go. Please go learn. All right. Um, Halloween obviously remains a popular holiday in American today. But it actually almost didn't make it across the Atlantic. The Puritans were disapproving of the holiday's pagan roots, so they didn't take part in the celebrations. But, like America has always done before, once you let in so many of other cultures like the Irish and the Scottish, the immigrants began to arrive in America (laughs) in greater numbers, and the holiday made its way back into the zeitgeist. Hey, you got a problem with me Scottish roots? Don't Stop talking these. about my people! Do you believe in fate? <laughs> <laughs> and proud being murky! And now we're gonna get on Is that the leprechaun this whole Is that is that we leprechauns are Irishmen, dude? We were going for Scottish. <laughs> we Why all know these ad- lucky charms. <laughs> these accents are fucking horrid as well. Man, it's all I'm here glad, scary. I'm glad you guys are gonna get a giggle before this. Yeah, right. <laughs> but a lot of that, a lot of the history could be up for interpretation. Definitely do your research. Left some mysterious loose ends for you to be scared at night, knowing what is their fucking ghost among us. I mean, it's only what five days for us at this time. Yep. At, at the time of recording, we are five days away from Halloween. And you know what? We don't have a jack-o'-lantern, so we might not be making it to the next recording session. I brought some sage. Don't worry, Bill. Oh, okay. Dude, it's about to be like <laughs> And phasm- some salt for the windows. Phasmophobia <laughs> this. You know, you got to have the crucifix on the floor. The My dog. Up. I've seen way too... If it's a religious, it's like a demon. You hold a crucifix, you're dead. I've seen enough movies. Hey, man. I placed the house. It's, it's all good. Man. Oh, my God. Fuck they're like, you. bitch. It just pisses them off. <laughs> Alright, well, we're going to start going around the room with some spooky stories. I think Tyler here, Uh-oh. Mr. Spookmaster, is ready to scare your pants off. Before, before we do, fun activity. Everybody give me your best maniacal laugh. Alright, you want to see in a circle or you want to do it all at the same time? No, no, no. Go, in, go, a go, go in a circle. Go in a circle. Go in a circle. Yeah, Tyler, go ahead. <laughs> okay, you can do better than that. Fuck you, Matt. Oh, <laughs> so far, we got Tweak it and make it better. 
Alright, Tristan coming in a little hot. Um, just a little hot. <laughs> did you just did you just want this activity to be a dick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to try that. Let's see the girls out. The guy who does Trump was <laughs> The real horror is bullying. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is <laughs> Cheeks. Terrible. Yeah, you sound like you're scared. <laughs> I sound like my grandpa right. expect line. <laughs> Alright, here comes the best one of them all. Uh oh. <laughs> that sounds like a Nintendo villain from like 94. Um, it sounds like Bowser. <laughs> Holy uh, fuck! Did your chair just burn? Oh, yeah, my chair just burned. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> go, did you pause? Don't pause. Don't let this run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His chair just broke, bro. I think the yeah, ghosts are pissed. Yeah, dude. yeah. Oh, fuck. We've mocked him enough. Yeah, well, this is really oh, happening. Oh, oh, Alright, we're changing chairs. <laughs> If you're listening to this episode, it is cursed. <laughs> Please don't drive and listen to this episode. That's funny as fuck. Oh my god. What a Headphone, cool headphone, headphone users beware. <laughs> Scout's honor. That chair just broke. I just watched it happen. I saw the fear in Matt's eyes as he was about to tumble to the ground. I'm a big boy. These wooden chairs right. don't, don't take care of me. I think it's I all shall, I shall pass the flesh book. Tyler. I think it's safe to say I won that competition. Alright, boys. Vote in the comments. Let us know. Yeah, vote in the comments. Matt won. We all know. It's fine. Matt came alive. I have the best laugh. Alright, guys. So, this story is uh, a creative interpretation of the song Hotel California. Mm, I've been I've been thinking on it since we came up with the idea for the episode. It won't be super long, but I think you'll have a fun time with the story. Awesome. So, we start off with our man. What, what, what do you guys want to name him? Let's let's just, Joe Biden. <laughs> we start off with our main character, Joe Biden, <laughs> who who recently got kicked out of his house by his wife. So Joe Biden, he went and he he packed up his one suitcase worth of stuff. He was too mad. He said, "Fuck it," and he left. Is it too late to change it to Tiger Woods? Nah, it can it can be Tiger Woods. All right, quick name change. Joe Tiger Biden. Woods, who was previously Joe Biden. <laughs> in, a past the, in the past life. He had, he had a very weird operation. <laughs> <laughs> he went blackface. So, Tiger. Reverse Michael Jackson. The real horror is racism. Yeah. <laughs> Blackface is not okay. <laughs> so just ask Justin Trudeau. Whoo! Except unless you're Robert Downey Jr. That's true. He got the pass. No, he's just Kyle from South South Park. Get it? Off the record. <laughs> Wait, do we believe that? That's a yeah. real thing. It's from I South know, Park. I know. I'm well aware. I'm sorry. <laughs> there are things that South Park gets away with that we fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> not to be offensive, it was a reference, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it probably won't be in the episode, so no worries. <laughs> so, I'll at least believe it. I'll at least believe it. <laughs> Nothing was said. So, our good friend Tiger Woods, who's recently been kicked out by his wife, he's got one suitcase. Also, he lives in the middle of Nevada. He's, in, he's by a big-ass desert. So, he decides he's going to walk to his sister's place. His sister answers the door and he begs and pleads and says, please, please, please let me stay here. His sister tells him, no, absolutely not, because our, our friend Tiger Woods used to be a junkie. Mm, so, makes sense, makes sense. So his sister told him no. She finally was fed up with his shit and kicked him out. And Tiger was desperate. He was starting to run out of money. And so he picked up a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiger started walking. He decided he was gonna go. He was gonna go find him a little motel to settle in with his last couple dollars, so he can sit down, figure shit out for a night, sleep on a bed. So he he walks up the road. And he's been walking for quite a while. Lucky for him, though, he he picked up a ride a couple miles and a couple miles down the road. The guy just lived a little farther, and they smoked a little doobie together. Mm. Yep, yep. And so thank God, you know, he's thinking at least I've smoked a little. Uh, but he's walking down the desert. It starts getting cold. The sun finally goes down below the plane. It's yeah. dark. It's windy. He's starting to get, you know, abrasions from the sand on his skin. Ooh. And, yep, and he's coming down. Mm. And he looks up and he sees this gorgeous hotel. And he goes, he doesn't have much money, but he says he'll at least have to try it. You know, yeah. uh, he doesn't think he's going to be able to afford it, but maybe he can work something out. Mm -hmm. Do some dishes. Huh? Yeah, something. So he walks in, and 
Uh, the man working the counter can tell he's exhausted. He's been walking for days. Just needs somewhere to sleep. And they, they allow him inside. It turns out there's a party that night and a feast. And the, the people that were putting it on were allowing any walk-ups just to come on. They had a soft spot and they wanted to feed people, so it worked out well. So he gets this room. And they stabbed it with their steely knives. <laughs> we're not there yet. Oh. <laughs> so he goes up to his room. What, what room number y'all wanted to be? 13. Room 13. Da 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 da. The first floor, 13. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll just say the first floor. Fuck it. So, I was on the 13th floor in the 13th room. There you go. Perfect. All right, there you go. Room 13th floor, room 1313. So, Tiger, he walks up to his room. He's going to get ready to change so he doesn't look like a total animal amidst all of these really rich folks. He do not want to be looked at like that. Mm-hmm. And Tiger reaches down in his bag to pick up his shirt and start changing his clothes. And he pushes his stuff to the side. And he pulls a needle out. Tiger shoots up. His sister was absolutely right. That's oh. why his wife kicked him out in the first place. Heroin oh. is the real horror here. <laughs> hey, man, true stories scare me the most. What can I say? So Tiger, Tiger shoots up. And almost immediately after he puts his syringe back up, there's a knock on his door. And Tiger freaks out. And he throws on his nice clothes just real quick. <coughs> And he answers the door, and it's a busboy bringing up another suitcase. Tiger looks behind him, and his is gone. Oh, shit. And the busboy hands him a suitcase, and Tiger hands him 2 or $3 and says thank you and shuts the door. Tiger goes back to the bed, opens his suitcase, pushes all his stuff to the side. There's a new syringe. Full. So days and days and days go by. Of this endless party, this endless feast, he can go to any time. Nobody's really shown much expression about him being doped up. Nobody really cares. Everyone's drunk as shit. And this has been going on for about two or three days now. And also, Tiger gets a new suitcase every day. It's been an anomaly that's been happening. Whenever he leaves this room, there's a new one on his bed when he comes back. Oh, man. So... Tiger finally goes down and he's going to go party with them tonight. There's drinking, there's laughter, there's fun, there's food, anything he could ever need. And Tiger locks eyes with a woman across the room. Ooh. And this woman is gorgeous. Stronger than heroin. <laughs> and Tiger thinks to himself, you know what? My wife has kicked me out for almost a week and has left me on the streets. So he goes and he decides he's going to try and go sleep with this girl. Sets his mind to it. He's on a lot of shit right now, too. So he goes up to her, and with the blind confidence that he had, they ended up spending the rest of the night together. And she invited him back to her room for a nightcap. Get them a, get them a little more boozed up right before bed. Mm-hmm. So Tiger, Tiger agrees very quickly, and he goes up to her room. And she walks into... Room 1313 on the 13th floor and unlocks it with her key. Oh. Tiger's confused. The beds are on the other side of the room. The bathroom's on the opposite side. Oh, shit. The windows have bars outside of them. There's one light glowing in the middle. Very cold light, very white light. Kind of like a standardized testing. Really bright, but really kind of blinding. Mm-hmm. Tiger takes one step in the room, and he's kind of scared at this point. And he turns around, and as soon as this this profound woman steps through the door, the light from the middle of the room hits her and reveals that her flesh is falling off. Oh, shit. Her skin's shriveled. Her hair's gone. Her makeup's gone. And she's all flesh and bones. Much like, I mean, a zombie. Tiger runs. He runs straight past her, goes through the lobby, and he goes to the clerk and he goes, I need to leave right now. And they're like, yeah, well, you can, I can check you out right now. And he goes, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he looks over, the party's still going. Tiger's freaking out. 
He's tweaking. He's drunk a little bit. He just got the bejesus scared out of him. And the bell clerk is worried that Tiger's going crazy. Mm. So the bell clerk presses the emergency call button. Well, the police come and they deem Tiger unfit to travel. They make him stay again. Oh, shit. Tiger begrudging it. They finally force him back to his room. He's starting to come down. He's out of energy. He's just... Heroin come downs are abrasive. Mm-hmm. Tiger doesn't leave for three more days. Holy shit. He finally gains the energy to go down. And he tells the bell clerk, I'm ready to leave. And the bell clerk tells him no. And Tiger's confused. He's, he's like, no, I'm, I'm fucking leaving. I'm tired of this. I'm exhausted. I don't want to party anymore. And Tiger, of course, you know, he shot up every day. He got a new needle. He was fucked up again. And the one of the hotel staff, who happened to be an on-staff on nurse, since it was a really nice hotel and there wasn't a doctor nearby, they had a first aid nurse, mm-hmm. just a standard care, mm-hmm. pricks him in the neck with a sedative. Oh, shit. Tiger wakes back up in his room and he feels his face. He feels, he feels kind of numb. And he feels his face. And he's grown facial hair. He looks down in his body. He has no limbs. Tiger's been in this bed for months. The woman's been coming in every night to shoot him up again. She was the one that's been replacing the backpack. The party still goes. The people know about it. They know he's there. They don't care. The second they bring him out, their party's over. And that's where Tiger spent the rest of his days. Nobody ever came looking for him. Not his sister, not his ex-wife, not a soul. And there he was. Yeah, wow. Man. Okay, so I'd like to, to start the discussion of that story with um, a common interpretation of, of the song. And I'd, I'd assume kind of what the story's about is Hotel California is about the the dangers of, of fame and excess mm-hmm. um, and you know the the last line the last vocals of that song is you know you can check out anytime you like but you can never leave which is is very true like if you're famous you're famous forever mm-hmm. and ever amen and another interpretation just to bounce off of that just real quickly two yeah, sentences yeah. Uh, the in the same breath they also is like a double entendre for the heroin addiction as well because there's always the chance of relapse so you can check out anytime you want but you can never leave yeah sure. but that, that's just my two cents continue yeah no no, no. I, I, I was just saying like you know it it makes us um, everyone fights it, to be the famous yeah it's it's a warning it's a warning mm-hmm. about like pride almost mm-hmm. and about how you can't get too full of yourself and you can't give yourself to these these excesses without it taking a toll on you mm-hmm. and one of the things that when i was thinking through this this week because i was delivering a lot so i was you know i was thinking about what i was gonna say yeah. but um i wanted to leave his background open-ended the only thing the the reader really gets is he has a heroin addiction and he's kind of skittish which yeah. like most addicts do. So I think a lot of the horror comes from the self-made stuff of the mind. When you hear that that story, you start putting together your own pieces, yeah. which they're totally extraneous, but I think it makes it scarier the more realism you add to it yourself. I'm also convinced I had like there was a lot of parallels in that story to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've been out on tour with a couple of rock bands and it gets it gets to your head man you're you're not the same everybody person. reaching for you every night it's easy drug access everybody's like hey man let me come to the show i got drugs hey man okay let me hook you up man too easy yeah it's, i mean it not, falls in your lap yeah it goes as nickelback from, says the girls come easy and the drugs come cheap i literally mm-hmm. was sitting there thinking that but i was going to be going to say it <laughs> But I, my, we all stay skinny so we just don't eat. Scare here. The thing that scared me Nickel the fucking most. the real horror here. <laughs> the thing that really did scare me the fucking most is that he touched his face even though he was missing his limbs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Phantom <laughs> <laughs> wow. limb syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just no, they were deep, like cut off, but he could still move them. 
No, you, you did a really good job with that one. I, yeah, I appreciate it. It was definitely putting people in the rocks. A good interpretation of. I honestly, I got excited when everybody started leaning in. I was like, ooh. It was a very good story. <laughs> very good story. Yeah, we should say that one for last. God, how are we going to match up? God, now I'm scared. No, I mean, that's I can okay, try. Guys. I can try. It'll be a blast. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to my spooky story. Yeah, Let me know right. how you liked it at Soul Speak TV or hashtag Soul Speak TV. So, yeah, so we can't top that. That'll be the end of the podcast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about? We're only 25 minutes in. <laughs> All right. I think we might as well just go around the square of the table right now. Or I guess this would be a house shape. Um, uh, are we having a guest speaker? I, I heard we might have an extra extra story on the lines. Do you um, care to speak? Uh, sure. And now we pass the book of flesh to our guest. My name is Gracie, um, and I'll be sharing a personal story from my childhood. Um, so growing up, my family always had a cabin in um, the south, and we would visit this cabin quite frequently, um, you know, just to have vacation or whatnot. And um, it was a great place to have family bonding moments. So we never really thought anything negatively of the cabin. So, um, going back to, um, you know, my young stages of life, I guess I never had any experience with like supernatural, but, um, we took a trip around when I was in like third grade and, um, you know, fun family trip, just spending time together, um, thought nothing much of, you know, the place, but, um, some background information this cabin is on property of what once was or what once belonged to native americans um so keep that in mind um you know it's right next to water so that's a great place for you know people to live back in the day but um (laughs) but anyways so going back to my story um There was one night that, um, you know, the family went to bed and, um, you know, I, I was in a room with my sister and there was two twin beds in the room and I was sectioned closest to the window. And, uh, this window also faces the moon. So that was the only light coming into the room. Um, Waking up in the middle of the night, I noticed that there was a shadow of a girl on the wall. And for a third grader, that's terrifying. Um, You know, you don't expect to see something like that that young, you know, and I'm old enough to comprehend what what this thing is, I guess. Um, So, yeah, I I noticed this shadow of a girl on the wall and... um, automatically I'm so stunned and scared I mean if you ask me to this day like that's the most scared moment I've had in my life but um anyway so I would look at it and then her head would turn and look at me and would just I don't even know it wouldn't move just its head would turn and I'm freaking the fuck out (laughs) and um was too scared to speak up and wake up my sister is too scared to get out of bed too scared to move but it wasn't um, oh, what's the term for sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis? It wasn't sleep paralysis because, I mean, I could move my fingers and, like, toes. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, too scared to even say anything. Just look at it and try to go back to sleep. But um, when I was going back to sleep, because my little self was so terrified, um, you know, I it was very difficult for me to naturally go back to bed. So I kept waking up multiple times in the middle of the night and it was still there it was still there it was still there and um yeah so when finally after like five times of waking up it's finally morning and um this girl on the wall is finally gone and I didn't even tell my parents about the situation until I was in high school maybe and uh what's very interesting is that I have an aunt who you could consider a psychic and um, I told her the situation. And to give you some background of her, she, 
you know, she can walk into a room and tell you if there's something present there or not. Like, she's mm-hmm. able to tell you what the situation is, where, you know, it's supernatural, whatever you want to call it. Is in, yeah, yeah, she's just sensitive to certain areas in rooms or in buildings, whatever. And I told her about the situation. She brought up, you know, the Native Americans living there, and it that could quite possibly be the situation of why I saw something. But to this day, uh, call me crazy if you want, but it will never leave my head and it will never leave my memories. So I'd be shook too. I know I, I, I'm haunted by that day. So I mean, it's it being there every time I woke up, I'd be I wouldn't go back to bed. I'd be like, oh hell no. Right. So do you think it was a like an Indian spirit or? Do you think it could have been... Was there any prior living residences or... I mean, no, because my grandparents bought that cabin. Like, they built it. You know, they bought it when it was brand new. So, I don't think... You know, if it was buried on top of some type of burial, maybe. True. You know... Their story is even if, like, it's on top of, like, a pile of bones. Right. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah, if you're... There's legitimate... There's legitimate evidence for that. Um, Yeah. When the U.S. government was building the interstate system, um, Interstate 4... Yep. ...through Central Florida runs... There's a bridge over the St. John's River, and on the north side of the bridge, just as you're getting into Volusia County... There was an Indian burial ground, and they just bulldozed it and put this bridge there. And to this day, like the the worst wrecks happen on that bridge, mm-hmm. and they're super common. There's tons of reports of seeing people too. Well, you side. know, and what I thought was interesting that my aunt also shared with me was that you know, fact check me on this, but I'm 99 percent sure you know lots of. Bailey could not be with us today. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bailey. But lots Bailey of <laughs> tribes, you know, their chiefs uh, curse the lands of white people coming in during colonization. So whatever, you know. They were the most in touch spiritually. It, like. I mean, exactly. So, I mean, that could have been a, played a factor in it. I mean, who knows? I will say I'm today I'm now comfortable going into the cabin due to a fire that we had. Um, the fireplace was not built correct, uh, and so, you know, it burned up um, half of a wall. But and they sandblasted everything, so I feel like it's cleansed if you're one of those people that believes in those types of things. So um, I'm comfortable going back in, but for a while I, I would refuse to go to the cabin even when I was little, and my parents wouldn't understand why until, you know, much later. But that's my story. That's crazy. You've never, like, it's like most people going through a situation like that, would try to justify it with, oh, that was my reflection or my shadow on the wall or whatever it may have been. It was on the opposite wall. So it was definitely the moonlight hitting whatever person or spirit was there and reflecting. So Yeah, it's it's crazy. Definitely spirits out there. And like like you said about your aunt and how she could like feel energies energy I, I do believe energies and frequencies exist like it, it's mm-hmm. on a certain plane like some people can enter a room and know where a murder scene had occurred right like, could tell how it happened could feel the right. in, the spirits in the room I, someone actually hired her once to to cover a house that they had and like they spoke about how they had activity in this one certain area and you know she went in she did her thing and then when she was done she told the man that it was in a completely different part of the house and he was he told her he was like i've had two other people come in they've said the exact same thing so if that proves anything of like her like advice to me there you go (laughs) yeah i think it's definitely like what she does is a desensitized profession uh, nowadays it's like it's to the point where people try and use science to back everything right when science is should be used to benefit the religious aspects and the spiritual beliefs and I think some stories could be true and I think that's why I'm sure her business booms for her during Halloween. Well, who knows? Who I knows? Know. <laughs> I mean, when those spirits walk, I'm sure it's easy to feel those energies walking around. People feel like it's like bumping shoulders. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all. Yes, that was our guest, uh, Gracie. And that was a fantastic story. Yes. 
comment. Let it. Let us know how you how what how she did, and we will let her know. And now we pass the book of flesh on to Tristan. All right. So I also have another personal story. It's not quite as spooky, I guess, as uh as uh Gracie's over here, but um. When I was growing up, my grandmother had this um, old old grandfather clock that she got from Germany, and this thing was big, hefty. You had you literally nailed this thing to the wall. I mean, that's what they called me in high school. Yeah, <laughs> big hefty. <all> right. <laughs> but yeah, hefty, hefty. like this this thing, like I mean, it, it's a gorgeous clock. You know, like it's it's an old like old like hand carved wooden clock and everything but it's big like a category eight earthquake couldn't move this bitch and so just like a couple years after she brings it home one day they they go out and they leave like running some errands or whatever and they come back and the clock is literally turned sideways and again this thing is you know a big ass clock nailed to the wall and it's turned sideways and so they're like, what the fuck? And so they, they put it back. Like They're like, okay, whatever, put it back. And they're like, they leave it alone. The next day, the hands have like li- are literally rotating, like uncontrollably. The, and my grandmother turns it off, and it stops. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And so she leaves it off for like a week. And nothing weird happens, and it's fine. And so she turns it back on. And like a month goes by or whatever, and there's still nothing going on. So she, you know, she's like, okay, I guess it was just a weird like fluke thing. I don't know. So all of a sudden, my my uncle brings his friend over and tells him about the weird haunted clock, and and his friend just starts making fun of it. I mean, he's just like he's like he's like, oh, this that's bullshit. Like it can't. There's no way it can fucking do it. Like there's no way it moves it's all this clock. shit. How and it's, as he's talking about it. It, the the fucking the um, pendulum on the on the bottom of it literally falls off the hook onto his foot as he's talking shit about it, and dude dude to that like to this day won't walk into the house. <laughs> and so like yeah, I mean like again like this pendulum is probably five pounds and on on a metal hook that fair, fairly decent size it should not come off in any way shape or form and it just fell on his foot and. I mean, it's great. Like my after that, my grandmother turned it off and has kept it off, and then nothing weird has happened to this day. We call it a Charlie. Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie on the wall. Yeah, right. Man, my I have a small little weird clock story. My uh, my great grandma apparently uh, I don't know I wasn't alive or around, but it's been it's a story that's been told in my family. But uh, my great grandmother was 100% Cherokee, and she predicted her death to the minute. Wow. And when she died, the clock stopped, and it never worked again. Also, wow. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, it's clocks, man. There's something about to clocks. To the minute? Maybe, maybe spirits. No, it's was... Indians. Yes, that's, that's what we've established here. That's facts. Yeah, but that was a German clock. I don't know. That's just Natives. Ancients. Antiques. But I mean, really, everyone knows the first rule in any house or anything, you get rid of the antiques. I, it's a family antique, yes, but antiques are the first thing they get possessed first. I mean, yeah, like that that old shit is really like I guess like it's inherited stuff, you know. Like <laughs> the minute something turns twenty five, it just gets haunted. It, as shit. That's, <laughs> that's the life. It's got to be like at least fifty. It's got to. That's gotta a be, classic at that point. We're in a whole other ball game. <laughs> antique is like old, old. Like you got. Well, there's a time frame. Twenty five years is antique. Fifties classic. Yeah, there's uh, there's an actual time frame. Yep. Legally, what about guns? Because I don't uh, know. I, I, I have guns. Is not really technically still antique. <laughs> it's, I mean, <laughs> my uncle carry. My uncle collects antique guns, and he has some from like 1920. Then they're classic guns. <laughs> I know. No, I, I, I have an antique gun. I have an antique gun in this house right now. It was built in 1963. <laughs> there you go. Legend has it on the same day. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was shot dead in Dallas. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh. So it's also a also good uh, scary ghost story is the Winchester uh, family in the Winchester yeah. house. That we're not going I don't want to go into it cuz like that's a whole hour and a half in itself. Definitely should go check that out the Winchester. Um, all right. Back to the story time. 
And now the book of flesh shall be passed to Matt. Okay. Um, as you all know, I am I am Matt the Mormon on this on this show. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but before I was a Mormon, I, I am a convert. I was a fraternity man who engaged in all sorts of debauchery, and I will I will give you one of my debaucherous Halloween stories tonight. Um, so it's 2016, I'm a freshman in college at a large state school in the southern United States. Um, and party, party, party. Party, 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 <laughs> baby! Four years party school. Um, I'm pledging my fraternity and this hot chick that I've been trying to get with since literally sophomore year of high school calls me up and she's like, hey, what are you doing for Halloween? I'm like, I mean, I didn't really have plans. Why, you got plans for me? And she was like, yeah, you should come up and see me. And so I book a flight and I go see her. She goes to High Point, or went to High Point. Um, Terrible gun, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I don't know if any of you know of High Point, but it's bourgeois as fuck. It's this school in High Point, North Carolina. Um, and they literally have crystal chandeliers and gold-plated, like, handrails on their stairs and shit like that. Like, you go here if you make a lot of money. I mean, she's a lawyer's kid. I get that. But anyway, so I show up, and my character for the night was uh, Steve Stamkos, captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I, uh, I went out. Go Lightning. What? Go Bolts. Yeah, go Bolts, baby. Um, I went out. And I went to Home Depot and I got a 55 gallon trash gun, a trash bucket and a uh, one of those five gallon paint buckets. And I glued it all together and I spray painted it silver and I had my Stanley Cup. And I was wearing the jersey and the, the tight black pants and everything and I was ready to go, man. Um, and I show up to this party and she hands me a an entire handle of gold tequila. And this, this was the night, Ty knows, Ty knows that I hate gold tequila. This is the night that made me hate gold tequila. <laughs> um, so we'd start taking shots. This is the real Halloween scare. <laughs> gold tequila is the real tequila. <laughs> um, we start taking shots and well, not sponsored by drinking, drinking this fucking handle of Jose. Like, not even taking shots, just picking it up and chugging for five or six seconds at a time. And, you know, me and her and a couple of her friends, we finished this bitch. And they're like, all right, it's Halloween weekend. What are we doing? And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess we're, we're going to go out and party, right? Like, we're already fucked up. Um, what else do you do on Halloween in a college town? You, you get fucked up and you try to get laid. <laughs> um, but we went out and we started cruising frat row and we went to a couple houses and then we ended up at Pike. Um, and you know, depending on who you talk to, Pike has a, has a certain reputation, uh, especially at the school that I go to. Uh, we like to say Pike spikes. Um, I, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, I'm not making accusations, but this night I was really feeling the liquor. And I was ready to talk shit. <laughs> Somebody so, come gator. <laughs> so we walk into the we walk into the fraternity house. And I try chatting up a couple of the brothers while she's out dancing, whatever, and try and get to know people. Cause you know I'm away from home. I don't I don't know anybody except for except for Jenny. And um, the true horror stories is pickup line. Um, <laughs> well, that was last week. Yeah, you know, we're, we're we're on from it, but. I start spewing this shit about how Pike spikes and they're all terrible people and how I hate them. And one of them literally walks up to me and asks, why the fuck do you hate us so much? And I'm like, because Pike spikes, man. And they didn't even kick me out. I just started to leave. And as I was leaving, they just started throwing beer cans and bottles at me. And I, I, I picked up Jenny and I was like, all right, we're going, we're going, we're getting the fuck out of here. And we're, we're wandering around and we go to one of her friend's dorms who lived on campus and we get stopped by the RA. And the RA was very concerned for my health. She looked one look, she took one look at me and she, she turned to Jenny and she was like, who is this guy? And I, and she was like, oh, that's Matt. That's my buddy from, from back home. And I was like, yeah, Matt, bitches. What the fuck is up? 
<laughs> and this RA turns and looks at me and she's like, all right, all right, do you know what day it is? And I'm like, I think it's close to Halloween because <laughs> I'm in a costume. And I'm sure those are the reassuring words. <laughs> <laughs> and the RA was like, okay, do you know what year it is? And I'm like, is this 2016? Yeah, it's 2016. And, and she's like, all right, all right. If you can, if you can tell me who's running for president, I will, I will let you go. And I was like, oh, okay, so, so Donald, Donald J. Trump. Okay. Who else? That fucking bitch Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you knew that one better than the year. <laughs> and she looked at me and she just straight up was like, I don't care if this motherfucker dies. Like, just walk away. <laughs> and she lets us go on our way. And we show up to this guy's this guy's dorm room, and he's got he's I don't know how the fuck he got his deposit back. Let's just put it that way. He's every every case of beer that they've ever done. He's cut off the sides and stapled them to the wall in this in the form of a, an American flag. So you got you got the the Budweiser is the red, the Bud Light is the blue, and the Coors is the white. And it's just all spread out across this wall. There's this beer bong on a stand that you don't have to hold. And it's got like eight different tubes coming off of it. Oh my and, God. and we're just sitting there and this is this is the part where it starts to go blurry. I remember I remember talking to the RA and seeing the beer bong and then the next thing I know I'm waking up and I'm in this guy's bathroom and I'm like kind of folded in half between the toilet and the bathtub. And I don't have my, my Stamkos jersey on. I, I don't have a shirt on. I don't have my shoes on. I can't find my phone. My zipper is undone. This fucker who's dressed as Deadpool is at my feet. And he's thrown up in his mask. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Um, and I, I look around and I'm just like, well, fuck. <laughs> Jenny is nowhere to be seen. She's She's gone home. And I just get up and I try to find my shit. Right yeah, I get up, I try to find my shit, and and my Stamkos jersey is in this dude's bed, and he's sleeping in it, and one of, I guess, his fraternity brothers, and one of his really close friends is, is also in the bed with him, and I'm just like, okay, that's a little weird. So I grab my shit, I put everything back on, I walk out, and there's this beautiful couch that is unoccupied, <laughs> sitting right under an open window, and it, it, it's Halloween in North Carolina. It was freaking cold that Ooh. day. And so I lay down on this couch and I pass the fuck back out. True. Um, wake up. Nobody else is still, nobody else is awake at this point. I just decide to get the fuck out of there. And I call Jenny and I'm like, what the fuck happened last night? And she was like, you were kind of being belligerent. We didn't know what to do with you. So we just kind of left you there and let you puke yourself out. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember puking. And she was like, you don't remember a lot of things. <laughs> but long story short, we ended up, we ended up rallying. We went to brunch and we went out to the club that night, wore the same jersey, got in, danced a little, had a good ass time. Didn't do as many drugs as I thought I would. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the story of my 2016 Halloween. Do you guys, uh, do you guys ever have your tequila night? Oh, buddy, those are my favorite nights. Yeah. But actually, last Halloween, I, I, oh lord, <laughs> <laughs> last Halloween I was, I, it was more than tequila. It was more than that night a ended lot. with me saying. If you don't get in the Uber, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, she did. She was like, Tyler, either get up now and get in this Uber with me or I'm leaving. You can find your own way home. And I was like, damn, you're right. So I stood my sluggish ass up and I was like, is <laughs> there room in the Uber? <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna throw up in the Uber. No, once I was done puking, once I stood up and was like, oh, money. Cut the rip for a while. My good friend at the time, I was drunk at someone's house after a um, football game and we won, so I was getting lit, got turned. Uh, the opposing team fan had came in the apartment and he had challenged me to a Jack Daniels drink off and I'm not going to lose when it comes to my whiskey. And let's say I won, and 
Mistake number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you win in an alcohol contest, it was don't the win. Time there, he oh, fucked up. Case first? Oh, hold on. <laughs> and then, um, my friend, so at this point, I just black out. I don't even remember what had happened. I wake up the next morning in my bed, which is, which is um, bunked up, because in the dorms, you could jack it all the way up to the ceiling. And it was all the way up to the ceiling. And I woke up in there with nothing but underwear on. Apparently, she had threw me in the Uber after I had puked all over the uh, balcony at the apartment. Uh, threw me in an Uber by myself. They drove me all the way to my dorm. I got out and um, somehow re got into the dormitory without having my wallet, because my wallet was stolen while I was drunk by the opposing team's fan. Fucking jackass. <laughs> and Mistake then, number two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, so I get into the uh, somehow get into my dorm without my key code to unlock the door. Get all the way up to the seventh floor, <laughs> all the way inside a bed. Mm. I, I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how I got there. But that was a cool wild night. So alcoholism is the real horror. Here. Yeah, yeah. Don't drink underage. Case, case very scary. <laughs> no, nah, that's for another day. That's oh, let's, let's get this last yeah. story out the way. Yeah, I got a good double header for you guys. A double header slasher film. <laughs> and now we pass the book of flesh back to time, yes. bringing us full circle around the room. If you hear some Latin chants, close your ears. Why is it always Latin, man? Latin's the key root to the devil. It's the Latin, I mean, it's yeah. a dead language and it might be the root of speaking tongues. It's the language of the Catholic Church, church if that tells you anything. The conspiracy? I mean, I mean, <laughs> look, up, look, look up the Tower of Babel if you want a good conspiracy. Look up anything about the Catholic Church if you want a good conspiracy. My story will begin with a precursor, a passed down story, but it's in the same house where mine occurs, so it gives a good history to the house. So, close family, a member of mine, was uh, out camping back at the porch, and uh, porch, pool area. And the pool area is down the hill uh, with a stone walkway all the way down, big square, eight foot deep pool, beautiful pool. Um, it's and, just the best. And there's a Huge. house. The house is up on the hill, and there's one tree in the yard. And it's the yard is to the side of the road leading up to it, uh, with the main road leading up to it. And so they were out back camping with his buddies, and my uh, my family member decided to unzip the tent. And he looked out the tent, and he looked up at the sliding glass door window, because. There is two doors that lead inside. You got the sliding glass door window to the left, and then to the right, you got a brick walkway up to the actual back door of the house. And the sliding glass through window, you could see inside it, it was the uh, little bar area, and then the main uh, garage that was turned into a living room. And that's what the main area where everyone was at. Well, he knew his parents were in bed that, in bed that night. And they had no reason to be up walking around whatsoever. He sees a woman in a white gown walk to the front door, clear as day, almost full body, couldn't see the feet, walk to the front door. <coughs> and he, he tapped his friends and he, and he was like, look, look. And, and they, he said they saw it as well. Well, they never saw that the woman in the white gown return back through the hallway up the steps. And they go up to the sliding glass door poked his head in. He yelled, Mom! And the, the voice of his mother came from the back room. So when you look in, the white woman in the white gown had walked left to the front door and the voice had came from right up the stairs down this back hallway in the back room. Not where they saw the woman in the white gown walk. And at that point, this point, they were freaked out. And to give you more story, uh, backstory on the house, like we think it is on Indian burial grounds because uh, he was constantly finding arrowheads for years. Like he's like we still find them outside because uh, on the hill down to the pool area, there's not too much grass. It's more rocky terrain, and a lot of fossilized rocks are coming out. 
coming up. Like he wants to excavate the land and see what's under there, which I think is some poltergeist level type shit. But um, uh, so this arrowhead's all all up on the hill. And I've always had weird vibes and energy throughout the house growing up in it. Like down the dark hallway at night, I, I get the I get the weirdest feelings. I, I made sure to always keep one eye out, like looking down the hallway. And I'm sure, like from what I've read, you can make yourself see things that aren't there. But I could definitely see shadow movement sometimes. And I, it, it, and and to move to the present story. So me and my friends uh, were out one night out, outside at the pool. Well, it, before we got to the pool, we were inside playing some video games, and T Lock was there. Tyler, yo, hey, <laughs> um, and my little sister and her friend pulled out the old Ouija board oh, that my grandmother has had like for years. This. So not only on are we on Indian burial grounds, but there's a Ouija board in the fucking house. And I vowed, like, I vowed to never touch that bitch. Like, I would always go in there and pick out the games, pull out Monopoly, and I, I never touched the Ouija board. And they came in my room with it, and my, and my sister had it with her hand, in her hands with her friends behind her. And they were like, hey, we really want you guys to play with this, uh, play this game with they us. They wanted us to play. show them how to use it. And, and I looked at her, and I said, get that box out of my room, go put it up, and don't play with it. And at this point, they leave. So, like, we're off, you know, doing things the little teenagers shouldn't do, not having our minds focused on anything but the, but the screen. And at this point, well, couldn't do that in the house. So, at this point, we want to get to that level. So, we move out to the pool to go do things teenagers shouldn't do. And when we get down to the pool area, we're, we're about 25, 30 minutes in. And then my sister and her friends come running down the hill. Sprinting, like falling over each other. Yes, like saying, tie, 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 tie. Uh, come down and uh, I instantly, I looked at them and I said, y'all play with the board. Dude. They were shook, bro. It was so obvious. Oh, like it was no fucking doubt. You could see the look on their face. Uh-huh. I was like, they was pl- you were playing with the board, wasn't you? And they said, yes, we were. They were playing it out on the front porch. And her, they they had the front porch. That's light. right, because we could hear them. Yeah, like we she could kind of hear them. She wanted to be in the vicinity of us. Yeah, but not I do not. remember that now. And they had the uh, front porch light on, and my sister and her friends reported shadows, like people, like running shadows at the tree lines running behind the van. Hell no. And uh, the woods back there are already freaky. Oh yeah, if I'm not mistaken, there was a light flash, and they didn't like. They didn't even put the game away fully. Ugh. They just like threw, threw it, folded it up and didn't put it back in the box. Oh and they ran God. down. And I, I asked them, because like, you're supposed to close. You got to say, you, you got to tell goodbye. goodbye. Yeah, you yeah. got to say it goodbye. It closes the portal. <laughs> yeah, and you, it, yeah, like Tyler said, it closes the door to the other side. You put it back in the box and it does, it's, not, it's not allowed to roam. And once I asked her and figured that out, I was like, you need to go put that shit away right fucking now. And, and listen to my warnings next time. And uh, like they, they were, she was like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave they right didn't. now. Yeah, they, they didn't. didn't. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, all right, you can stay with us until we go up there. And I, from that point on, I think she got the gist or the image of the spirits and the energies you can reach with the Ouija board. It, I mean, it's definitely real. It definitely contacts something. Did you all ever close the box? Oh, yeah, like, we didn't just leave them. We made them. Oh, yeah, like, I wasn't we not touching the, it. No, we I told them, you're the ones that opened it. You're going to go do that. Yeah, I was like, you already entered, you already entered it. You might as well yeah, bro, go I'm not, finish yeah. it. I'm not going to go get waxed. Yeah. I've already got enough decision. bad juju. Yeah, make the smart decisions in the horror movies. You don't want everybody to die. Let's go hide behind the chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't phasmophobia. I'm not trying to talk to them. But, um... Yeah, so that was our. That's that. I think that really gets to the end of the book of flesh. You're, uh, you guys are think you should be thankful. I skipped over all the Latin terminology that that's written with blood markings that says "Do not read, do not write, do not hear." Huh? What a coincidence that we ended on page six six six. Crazy. Coincidental? I think not. Clink a dink. Mistake number two. <laughs> <laughs> 
Before we sign off for the night, a couple of acknowledgements. Firstly, it is October. Um, so to anyone who is battling breast cancer out there, know someone who is, uh, our prayers are with you. Um, Pink out, baby. Yeah, we'll Pink out do all that we can to, to support the fight for a cure. Yes, we'll uh, work on some merchandise being put out soon. Donations will... the. Uh, some of the profits will be donated to um, breast cancer um, charities and awareness. And uh, I'd like to make a big shout out for uh, countryliving.com for providing a little bit of that backstory that I paraphrased earlier. Uh, definitely go in, look into the history. It's definitely uh, has a lot of different origin points from a lot of different cultures. Worth a good spooky read. Um, Comment any scary stories you have, personal or not. We, we would like to hear them all. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy Halloween and a big boo to you guys. Peace. Have a good night, y'all.